Well, things are a bit more risk on this morning with equities on the rise, the US dollar sliding, and it seems behind all of this, there's that little less concern about inflation. Investors are listening to central banks, although it is fair to say it's much lower volumes today. Things could change tomorrow, couldn't they? But that's where we are right now. It's Tuesday, the 25th of May, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities are back on the rise, particularly the Nasdaq that was losing ground at the end of last week. Today, it's up uh, 1.6%. The S&P 500 is up 1.2%, half a percent for the Dow, rises two in Europe, but just a quarter percent for the Euro stocks 50, half a percent for the FTSE 100. The U.S. dollar back down today as well, losing 0.2% on the DXY. The Aussie dollar, one of the biggest rises, but even then up less than 0.3% to just over 77.5 U.S. cents. The Kiwi dollar doing better after their strong retail sales yesterday. The Euro also up a quarter percent. US 10-year Treasury yields are down just one basis point, down to 1.61%, which is the lowest it's been in almost two weeks. Uh, Yields down a little across Europe too. Aussie 10 years are down to 1.69%. And commodities are on the rise, generally speaking. For example, Brent crude is up 3%. Copper is up 1.3%. Not all commodities on the rise, though iron ore isn't uh, isn't rising. We'll get back to that in a second. But let's uh, start off with Gavin Friend. He's with me today, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. Uh, let's start by looking just at uh, the amount of trade, Gavin. Uh, volume's well down today. Yes, good morning, Phil. A couple of reasons for that, I think. Whit Monday holiday in parts of Europe, so uh, evidently uh, a lot of investors decided to take the day out. Secondly, I guess we're in that part of the month, aren't we, really, where there isn't a great deal of tier one data or event risk to drive markets. Mm. Yes, we have the RBNZ meeting important on Wednesday. We've got core USPCE inflation on Friday. There's a sort of a virtual G7 meeting uh, at the end of the week, but the real meet for that is going to be the week after. Remember, we've just had US CPI on the 12th. We had retail sales on the 14th. Um, we've got to wait until early June to get non-farm payrolls. So really, we're in that part of the month where there just isn't a lot to drive things. And I guess everyone is also still looking at the FOMC minutes as well from from last week and where they stand on that from from that line that you know they will consider something about the appropriateness of perhaps if the economy starts to improve looking at the potential of considering the prospect of evaluating the opportunity to start tapering bond purchases or however they said however many uh, caveats they put on it but I mean uh, uh, two schools of thought aren't there on uh, where people stand on this yeah I think that's right I mean the inflation the great inflation debate continues and it will continue for some time in that sense it's interesting to see what has happened to u.s bonds or u.s bond markets since last week's release of those minutes which as you said teed up some 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 investors views that the uh, the fed will be looking to start deliberations on the taper in the not too distant future if the, if the economy continues at rapid to improve at rapid pace our view is that that looks to have been the perception of non-voters on the FOMC and that the view of the voters, i.e. Powell, Clarida, Brainard, etc., uh, will be unchanged. They'll continue to look through the, you know, the high inflation, believing it will be, it'll be temporary. But if you look at U.S. bond markets, U.S. nominal 10 years, uh, the yield, for instance, rose from, what, 164 to 169 immediately after those minutes. It's now slumped back to lower levels yeah. in yield terms at 1.6%. But break-evens or inflation expectations have slumped back from 256. That's a 256, 258. That was a sort of a, a multi-year peak to 245. So they're off, what, 12 basis points. This as real mm. yields, real yields have risen to less to a less negative rate So the, of, of, of minus 0.85. The read-through from lower inflation expectations and higher real 
real yields, or in other words, less demand for inflation protection bonds, is as investors suddenly feel less anxious about inflation. The timing of that yeah. move suggests invent- investors took from those Fed minutes some belief. They bought the line. That, that, yes, they yeah. did. Now, we, we, we don't believe that the Fed will blink, um, which begs the question, if we're right, uh, of real yields slumping back again and break-even inflation's moving back up. Well, yeah, and in, in fact, it's pretty much you know the conversation, wasn't it, today uh, from Bostick and Lael Bernard as well. Not, I mean, they're not concerned about inflation. I mean, they're sticking to the party line. They, they are sticking to the party line. Um, that's just the point. So Brainard, she was at a, a conference talking about cryptocurrencies, but she talked about inflation. She was asked about it, and she said um, that uh, the Fed doesn't focus on CPI, for instance, and that was the, the thing that set this off uh, two weeks ago. She talked, uh, you, you know, but it, it, but it is important for in terms of the, the inflation trends. She emphasised the temporary nature of base effects, the supply issues for things like used cars, computers, surging demand for you know uh, microchips and while the bottlenecks will likely lead to further increases in inflation in the coming months she thinks she doesn't expect rises to become embedded in longer term inflation dynamics and expectations which remain extremely well anchored her colleague Raphael Bostic echoed those remarks and so if we reflect and so if we re- and so if we, if we reflect back on what we've just talked about the, the discussion of real yields um you know maybe participants after Brainard are thinking oh maybe the fed won't taper after all this has got you know implications for the dollar i mean if, all else equal if real yields slump back again then that will pull the dollar down but obviously on the day-to-day all of that discussion has been uh, quite uh, positive for for equities and uh, you know tech tech stocks in particular up one point seven percent. Yeah, no big rise today, isn't it? And look, it's a, a similar thing happening on the other side of the Atlantic, of course. In fact, also talking a lot about uh, uh, cryptocurrencies as well. A- Andrew Bailey was in front of uh, the uh, parliamentary committee uh, in the UK. Uh, and not just talking about cryptocurrencies, he was uh, uh, obviously that that's been a topic of discussion a lot because of the uh, volatility we saw over the weekend. But on inflation, uh, Andrew Bailey and Andy Haldane, the uh, departing uh, chief economist of the Bank of England, who were both in front of the same parliamentary committee. Giving very different views, weren't they, on uh, on inflation expectations? Yeah, I mean, Andy Haldane, as you say, he's the outgoing chief economist. Uh, he has been pretty hawkish. Remember, at the last NPC moti- meeting, he voted to uh, start tapering uh, asset purchases immediately. So, you know, he sticks out on that one, and but he'll be leaving um, very shortly anyway. So we might discount his views, mm. but I think you're right. You know, um, yeah. So, so his so his point is that he thinks that. Um, um, there's a better and even chance, I think he said, that uh, companies facing cost pressures will take advantage of this current situation and they will indeed increase prices. If you look at what you know, uh, Michael Saunders and uh, Governor Bailey buy the rise in energy prices, but that the hotspots from things like computer chips and shortages and those kinds of things uh, will fade and then inflation will come down later this year. I mean, as we know. Yeah. Again, it's all, it's, all, it's all fodder for the debate that continues for the next few months. Who's right? Well, his line, he was being fairly forceful, wasn't he? Because he said, this is the quote from him, the situation we need to avoid, like the plague, is the one where inflation expectations are just before we do or where we wait for proof positive that effects on inflation are not transitory before acting. I mean, that's mm. pretty firm, isn't it? I mean, that's a, 
it, it, it's interesting how the language changes when someone's just about to walk out it, the door. It, it is, but no one's going to get you know the the the, the 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 sort of line on this until much closer to the end of the year. Because if you're going to look through this, we just don't know how long we can, we can say with some certainty that the base effects will 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 dissipate pretty quickly. It's the bottlenecks, the supply shortages. How long can that go on? Um, yeah. I mean, Powell's talked about this for a, for, for a p- potential year. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, that 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 really would that really would test markets patience wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would. Now let's look at, uh, at commodities because a, a bit of movement there. So Goldman Sachs, oil is up quite a bit today. Goldman Sachs issued a report saying they reckon Brent crude would hit $80 a barrel this year, even with uh, Iran uh, likely to increase supplies. There seems to be, you know, an uh, acceptance that if Iran does pick it up, it's actually not going to add too much to the uh, to the oil glut. Uh, but look, iron ore down a little today. But of course, you know, if we, if we look from uh, uh, mid-April to, to mid-May, I mean, the chart for iron ore prices looks like the north face of the Iger, doesn't it? So any slide is inevitable. But look, we've it, of course, this part of this slide has been prompted by China, saying that they are going to, and we've heard it, you know, a lot over the last week or so, but they are going to try and uh, buckle down on excessive speculation in commodities. Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly hard-hitting um, line from the national China's National Development and Reform Committee. Summoned, it summoned top executives of firms to a meeting uh, Monday, threatening severe punishment for violations that lead to high commodity prices, violations ranging from excessive speculation or hoarding, fabricating or spreading rumours designed to impact uh, to impact market prices. I mean, as you say, all this follows China's output curbs on industrial metals aimed to reduce emissions, all part of President Xi's uh, 2060 uh, aim of being carbon carbon neutral. I mean, China's cut, cut purchases of coal and copper, as we know. But I think to your point, the news today, uh, it, yeah, okay, so it's pulled down and kept down iron ore, iron ore futures. Um, but on things like copper, um, they've been a bit of a rebound. We're still over 3% down from the so the 12th of May highs, um, all-time highs on that. But um, on the day, uh, copper moving up. I mean, it's not clear if China is prepared to... It, it clearly is very determined here, but is it is it really prepared to slow its own economic growth to limit uh, commodity price rises? I mean, the, the, the other part of the story is, is that this is all now part of the world economy, you know, reflating d- demand for steel, lumber, for rebuild, for renovations. It's just, you know, unsated at the moment, and uh, it's going to be very difficult to kind of, you know, put a plug in that at the moment, given, given the... Given the, the, the the drive the decarbonization issue um you know is is a positive one but of course within that there's demand for things like copper yeah yeah exactly and it can't be solved overnight either can it so it's a, it cannot it's just another one of those input prices that uh, is facing temporary rises look we'll we'll see uh, how our trade with china is going because we get the merchandise trade figures from the abs today so 13.4 million a billion i should say in march out of uh, the 36.2 billion in total exports in goods going to uh, to china so where will that head and also the weekly payrolls number is out today as well so i guess the question there is going to be you know the comp- continued impact of the end of job seeker at the end of march because the last report for the fortnight ending the 24th of april we saw payroll jobs increasing by 0.4 percent having fallen by 1.6 percent in the previous fortnight so we'll be looking to see that they are still heading north hopefully look at another quiet day as well isn't it for international data we get uh, gem and ifo i guess that's the key, the key one and then if we look through to tomorrow morning uh, we get the uh, the conference board's uh, consumer confidence read overnight from the united states as well but gem and ifo uh, will be an important number 
It, it will. I mean, it's a big survey. It's almost 8,000 companies. Um, it goes right through the economy. Um, remember, this has been riding high um, in terms of the uh, future expectations, and uh, you'd expect that to continue. Um, again, I mean, as we saw in the PMIs last week, the manufacturing numbers, they've been so high in Germany, they're kind of plateauing out a little bit. So we might see something of that. And the big issue, as I'm sure we're going to read in that report when that comes out later today, is about the supply side. Um, sort of over around 80% of firms now are experiencing this in the previous survey. So you'd imagine that's the thing that's holding back. Uh, production at the moment and uh, is a concern uh, to, to the members of the uh, of, of that survey, but but yeah. but overall it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a solid growth story um, from from a from a manufacturing and from an export point of view. It's just getting the stuff out the door. Yeah, the absolutely. Issue. All right, very good. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Great to talk, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And that's Tuesday morning's morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.